You have arrived to the Space Age Luau at Cardwell's Cove. I'm your host, Adrian Cardwell, and this is a production of WXOXLP in Louisville, Kentucky, 97.1 FM, or all over the world, streaming at artxfm.com. Well, what a treat we have in store for you today. I'm very excited that we had the opportunity to sit down in New Orleans fairly recently with the one and only Jeff Beachbum Berry. He is one of the luminaries in the tiki landscape and uh, what a treat it was to sit down with him. So um, as a way of introdu introducing him to you, uh, Jeff Berry is one of Imbibe Magazine's 25 most influential cocktail personalities of the past century and one of Drinks International's 100 Most Influential Figures. Jeff Beach Bumberry is the author of seven books on vintage tropical drinks, which published for the first time anywhere the lost recipes of Tiki's mid-century golden age. Esquire calls Jeff one of the instigators of the cocktail revolution and food and wine one of the leading I'm sorry, one of the world's leading rum experts. While the New York Times cites him as the Indiana Jones of tiki drinks. And the Los Angeles Times as a hybrid of street smart gumshoe anthropologist and mixologist. And so now, Jeff's drinks are being served at his restaurant in New Orleans, Beach Bum Berry's Latitude 29, which has won critical acclaim in publications far and wide and was even featured on the, new, on the Food Network. So a real treat to be able to sit down with him. The bum was very generous with this time. And our, our conversation today, we talk about rum, we talk about cocktails, but most importantly, because this is a music show, we talk about music. And so without further ado, let's get to the music. First up here is the Sissy Strut by The Meters, a band out of New Orleans. Uh, yeah! Thank you. 
All right, so as we start our conversation today with Jeff Beach Bumberry, if you've ever been to a tiki bar, these are very immersive spaces, and there's a lot of thought uh, put into how it all comes together, from the visual elements to the construction of the drink to the garnish on the drink to the music. And that's really where we start our conversation today is talking about how music is very integral to setting the stage in these bars. Well, so the thing that I've enjoyed about, uh, so I've got a couple of your books here and I love that, you know, it's not just, you know, a, a, a cocktail guide, but you, you really dive into the history and the lore, right? There's so much lore out there. It's yeah. like, is that true or not? You know, we don't know, but it's a good story, right? right. <laughs> Print the legend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you capture a lot of the uh, ephemera that, I mean, there's so much ephemera associated with sort of the tiki movement, and there yeah. always has been, right? And it's yeah. sort, of, sort of about creating a space, like this, this space that we're in here, it's a, you know, an immersive environment that kind yeah. of takes you away. We're steps, I mean, we're in the French Quarter, right? But, you know, if you weren't looking out the window, you wouldn't know it, right? You're in the French Quarter, but you're not in the French Quarter. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so when you think about, you know, sort of, you know, the, the, the tiki bar experience being fully immersive, right? So, you know, from the flavors to the, the sights, you know, all around you, the, the, the look of the drink here, to how important is kind of music as part of that? It's crucial. Formula, yeah. It's absolutely crucial because, I mean, as you know, being an aficionado of uh, Polynesian-themed places or tiki bars, um, atmosphere is all. You know, I mean, you, you want a transportive experience. You want that movie set, you know, little uh, fantasy Disneyland environment. Mm -hmm. As um, my friend Robert Hesse, spirits historian, said, it was a, he put it perfectly. He said, it's a, going to this bar, these bars is a mini vacation. Yeah. And, you know, the drinks, of course, it's, it's a bonus if they're good, um, but, yeah. but they don't have to be. I mean, yeah. you can just order a beer and, yeah. uh, and just sink in the atmosphere. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, atmosphere is everything, and music is a huge part of atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, if you walk into a place with perfect decor, but they're playing Black Oak, Arkansas, you know, yeah. or ACDC, it's, you know, no disrespect to either of those bands, but that's not going to give you the experience It's, you not, it's not the time and place, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, uh, there's a perfectly suitable time yeah. for that. And yeah. I have gone into two bars that didn't <laughs> yeah. do that. Now, what yeah. is the right vibe? This is it. I'm really glad that you wanted to talk about this because... Um, Mrs. Bond, my wife Anine, okay, she was a DJ and a music journalist, and she does all of the playlists, and oh, she really? puts an enormous amount of thought and time into doing the playlists. And yeah. it's not. And um, if you come in here when we open it for, and if you if you could sat through an entire shift until we closed, you would hear the music change um, in tempo, in mood, in style, um, all the way through the evening, because she's curating a vibe, a mood, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah. and it's, it's evolving. Mm -hmm. Now, part of this is a nuts and bolts reason it's for the staff, so they don't fall asleep. If yeah. all they had to listen to <laughs> for six hours was a Martin Denny and Arthur Wyman, they'd fall asleep. Yeah. I mean, we would love it out here in the yeah. dining room, Sure, but it's, you need a certain amount of energy, you need a pulse. Fortunately, um, if you go global, there are all kinds of musics that will fit into this vibe. And things you can go slow and then fast, and you can go Brazilian, and then you can go, um, you know, post-war jazz. You can go um, uh, Cal Chater, and then you can go Arthur Lyman, and then you yeah. could go Nino Nardini, and then you can go um, surf. Yeah. You know? um, so there's all kinds of things that play into it with different pulses, different energies, and styles. And Dorothy Ashby, the jazz harpist, is, yeah. I mean, she comes up a lot, and she's great here, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just Exotica. Now, having said that, if, I had, if we had opened this place, um, you know, in the early aughts, we would probably have played nothing but Martin Denny, Arthur Lyman, and, yeah. you know, their elk. nothing mm -hmm. but that. Um, but part of that was because you couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. Back then, as yeah. easily as you can now. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, I go back to the analog days, not just into the dark ages of drinking, but the dark ages <laughs> of record buying. <laughs> you would just spend hours and hours at thrift stores, going through record crates, looking for the stuff, finding a scratched vinyl thing, and treasuring it. Yeah. Uh, and making mixtapes and all that. Um, 
You know, yeah. This would have been an enormous amount of work to find the stuff and compile it, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know, and even then, you only would have gotten at most forty-five minutes aside on a cassette tape. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and then later, you could burn a CD, which I started, which I did do. I don't have to do that anymore. That's good. Yeah. But um, all this goes into saying that it's so much more accessible now, and everybody can hear it whenever they want. Now you have to dig deeper, I think, to provide mm -hmm. that experience in yeah. a public space. And um, for me. Fortunately, again, because of things like Spotify and, and, um, and the easy digital access to all these things that were almost impossible to find, you had to be the nerdiest of nerds to find this stuff before go yeah. find a Japanese pressing you know, or, or a Swedish pressing of right. something to get it. Um, and um, now it's just all at your fingertips. So uh, there were things that I tracked down and found back in the day and I made CD compilations of, and now it's just like, okay, pluck it off Spotify and yep. Nino put it in the list and, and it'll be great. And Again, different styles, different pulses, not what you might first think of in a tiki bar.
All right, so a couple of tracks there. The first one that you heard was Come Live With Me. That was by the harpist Dorothy Ashby. So if you heard the bum mention her uh, earlier in the show, she's one of the great mid-century harpists. Uh, and this is from her album, um, Afro Harping. White Village plays an important role in our where our conversation goes from here. So here the bum introduces a concept of the noisy village. And I really like that. Uh, because if you've listened to this show before, you know that we play a really eclectic mix of stuff. And so we talk about that, and then we tee up the first entry on Beach Bum Berry's playlist here at Cardwell's Cove. Even if a traditionalist, you know, a true tiki, will say, well, that's not tiki music. It's like, well, fine, you know, but it works. Yeah. <laughs> Trust no, me, it right. works, you know. Yeah, um, you know, here, here on, on the program, we, I mean, I play things like uh, some good old, uh, some Cambodian soul. Mm. Uh, Thai psychedelic, um, Vietnamese, Vietnam Vietnamese garage music yeah. from the 60s. I mean, does some of that on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fab and then like some, um, you know, uh, early like disco music from India. You know, it, it just Bollywood works. Yeah, yeah, it all works. And then there's some uh, Mexico City garage stuff, um, yeah. psychedelic stuff from the 60s. Those yeah, really good. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you and you used a phrase uh, in our exchange. Um, you know. Uh, a, a noisy village. Yeah, I mean, so I, know, I like that. The yeah. the primo example of exotic music is is Quiet Village. Mm -hmm. um, Les Baxter wrote it. Martin Denny made it famous. It is the tropical track. Uh, in fact, they named their cheeky radio station Quiet Village Radio after it. And I thought, well, that's fine, all well and good, but I've got to keep people awake and uh, uh, engaged. <laughs> So let's do a noisy village. Yeah, you know, and uh, and all of the things that I chose for you are from the noisy village. Yeah, uh, toolbox. You know. What I loved about it was um, that these are all familiar sounds. You yeah. know, you know, chickens and dogs barnyard and animals. Barnyard yeah. animals. There's a baby crying in there, and a, a and nuclear a, bomb going off. <laughs> nuclear bomb, and a, uh, a, uh, a, I think maybe a, a, a grandfather clock, or you know, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of sounds that, that are very familiar. And you think about, yeah, sort of Quiet Village and, and a lot of the other kind of exotica stuff. It's going and, to be, the, and this song was just taking the Mickey out of it. Yeah. It's just like uh, instead of bird calls and frog sounds and monkeys, it's yeah. like barnyard animals. Yeah. Like, no, I think I think that that was a, 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 just a great fun example of, uh, of playfulness, right? Yeah. You know, not, not taking yourself too seriously. You're listening to Cardwell's Cove. I'm your host, Adrian Cardwell. And my special guest today is Jeff Beachbum Berry, 
who the New York Times calls the Indiana Jones of tiki drinks, and he is the owner of Beach Bum Berries Latitude 29 in New Orleans, and overall tiki cultural expert uh, and uh, cocktail historian. Use the WXOX airwaves to send your love to friends, family, romantic interests, community activists, and more by visiting artxfm.com and submitting your Valentine's Day song requests. Then listen for them on the air during this week, this year's Sweetheart Serenade, which will take place from 7 p.m. to midnight on Tuesday, February 14th. So I'm sitting with the bum in his bar in New Orleans, Latitude 29, and he graciously had a cocktail made up for us. That was the Ancient Mariner. This is his. Uh, this is one of his signature drinks that he created. And so we talk a little bit about the history of uh, of how he came up with that. We talk about some rum, uh, and we enjoy a lovely cocktail. Uh, you've been so kind as to put some uh, drinks before us here. What do we What do we have here? Yeah. Um you mentioned you wanted to talk about one, at least one drink, and yeah. I thought, well, let's talk about my favorite drink, which is the first, the first drink, which was my really aha wow moment yeah. um, when I was a young drinker. It was actually at your favorite place, Trader Vic's, yeah. and it was their Navy Grog, mm -hmm. and I loved it. It was just amazing. It had all these elusive, teasing layers of flavor. I had no mm -hmm. idea what was in it. I just thought I really liked it, and that sort of started me on that whole quest, and uh, long story short, years and years later, um, I've got my own Navy Grog blend rum, yeah. which I'm doing in uh, with Ed Hamilton. And the idea behind that is the Navy Grog I found out eventually had three rums blended into it. Mm -hmm. uh, a smoky Demerara rum, and then the smoky layer was augmented by this um, the heavy molasses um, density of a dark Jamaican rum. Yeah. And then all those two were cut a little bit by a white Puerto Rican. So that's three bottles of rum you have to buy. And I thought if we're going to do a consumer rum, Instead of just slapping my name on one blend that Ed does, why not? That's just sort of ego, you know. It's, yeah. it's, there's nothing useful for a consumer in that. Um, let's do what Trader Vic did back in the day. He had a Mai Tai rum blend, mm -hmm. and he had a Navy Grog rum blend. So oh. we did our own version of that. And this is five different rums to try to approximate uh, the flavor of that three rum blend. Yeah. And in the course of it, some other parameters came into play, one of which was that the rum had to taste good on its own, Yeah. because no matter who you are, if you're buying something for a particular product, you're still going to taste it on its own before you put it into the recipe that it was designed for. So it had to taste good on its own, it had to work in the drink for Navy Grog, and it couldn't be a one-trick pony, it had to work in other drinks, which mm -hmm. brings us to the drink we're drinking now, yeah. the Ancient Mariner, which is um, what my initial attempt in the 1990s to recreate the flavor of the Trader Vic Grog, and I, I, got, I just renamed it because by the time I was through, <laughs> it was a different enough <laughs> drink. And I also felt kind of old. Um, so um, this is a retooled version of my own original drink to accommodate this rum, um, which, again, how do you make the best possible drink in the least amount of time mm -hmm. for the least amount of money? Well, with this rum, you make it in the least amount of time because we blended three bottles for you. You just pour right. one bottle out. The least amount of money comes into play because this is Navy strength. This is 114 proof, which yeah. means there's less water in the bottle, more rum flavor, more alcohol, so you use less of it. Yeah. So it's just a one and a half ounces of rum as opposed to three ounces, mm -hmm. one ounce each in yeah. the original recipe. Um, and then you add to that, this, and this is all Don the Beach Trimmer, which Trader Vic kind of ripped off. His Navy Grog is basically Don the Beach Trimmer's Navy Grog, yeah. with little extra flavors <laughs> to it. But uh, that, there was that brilliant rum combination that Don created for this drink of uh, Demerara, dark Jamaican, and, and white Puerto Rican. Uh, he also brilliantly mixed two citruses together for a more complex sour element mm -hmm. of lime and grapefruit. And um, he sweetened his with honey, um, but Trader Vic used uh, simple syrup and then he added his own spice mix, which I got to taste it once um, by over tipping the bartender at the Beverly Hills Trader Vic's. Yeah. And, and it, it was um, very, to me it was allspice, but apparently yeah. there's more stuff in there I've since found out, like nutmeg and all kinds of things. Oh, really? Yeah. But this just adds, we're just adding the Hamilton allspice liqueur to it yeah. for the allspice taste. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, so anyway. Um, yeah, well, cheers. Come out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good radio clip. We're going to do that again. There, there we, we go. go. <laughs> you can hear that out there. Oh, we can hear it, absolutely. Thank you.
a coconut island I'd like to be a castaway with you On a coconut island There wouldn't be so very much to do I would linger a while and just gaze into your lovely eyes of blue. Then I'd walk for a mile and come running back to be with you. There, the waves would make a pair of willing slaves of you and me forever. And for days and days and days we'd never gaze out where the ships go sailing by. On a coconut island, I'd like to be a castaway with you. On a coconut island, where we could make our dreams come true. On a coconut island, I'd like to be a castaway with you. Ooh. On a coconut island, there wouldn't be so very much to do. I would linger a while and just gaze into your lovely eyes of blue. Mm. Then I'd walk for a mile and come running back to be with you. Mm. Then the waves would make a pair of willing slaves of you and me forever. And we'd lace for days and days and never gaze out where the ships go sailing by. On a coconut island, I'd like to be a castaway with you. Ooh, just to bask in your smile and to realize my dreams come true. slaves of you and me forever and for days and days and days we'd never gaze out where the ships go sailing by on coconut island i'd like to be a castaway with you coconut island baby we could make our dream come true You're listening to Cardwell's Cove. I'm your host, Adrian Cardwell. My special guest today is Jeff Beachbum Berry, tiki cocktail historian and owner of Beachbum Berry's Latitude 29 in New Orleans. This program is a production of WXOXLP in Louisville, Kentucky. If you enjoyed this program, be sure to hop over to artxfm.com and check out our other great programming available, such as Jake's Jumble with Jake Groves. Join Jake at the crossroads of music and wordplay. Puzzle through the day's theme with jumbles and musical hints curated by the host. Find where the letters fall every Friday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern. All right, so that song that you heard there, that was, of course, the great Louis Armstrong. We were in New Orleans, after all, so it only made sense to add that to the list here. But next, we get to the next two songs on the bums list. First up is Cana Capilla by the Continental Cousins. Um, in the list, you also included um, a song by uh, the, the Continental, Continental yes. Cousins. <laughs> One of my favorite songs of all time. I, um, I, my friend Sven Kirsten, when we discovered each other in the early 90s before the internet, and we thought we were the only two people who were interested in Tiki, nobody else was, he yeah. found a 45 um, of this, um, this band, and they're from Belgium, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they were just sort of a Belgian garage band in the 60s, and they, uh, they did this song... Um, uh, Kanakapila. Yeah. And it's just sort of like this Polynesian chant, you know, mm -hmm. you know Kanakapila, wiki, wiki, wiki. And it, yeah. I just thought it was great. It's like when Tiki meets Garage, you know. Yeah. It's just like, um, it's one of my favorite tunes. And again, um, Counterpoint, you put that in between 
um, you know, other styles of music um, mm -hmm. that fit the bill, you know, samba or jazz or exotic, and it, it, it works. Yeah. It wakes people up a little bit. And it's like, no. no, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and as I, I couldn't make any sense. I don't know if, if it's an actual language that they're, they're speaking. Well, Wiki, Wiki is Hawaiian. Yeah. Um, kind of, I, I haven't done my homework. I didn't yeah. look it up. You know, yeah. just like that. <laughs> well, you know, but as it I could was, be like surf and bird. Yeah, exactly. Like, admit on the dead can dance song yeah. you you threw me for a loop there i was like i am like i've listened to this band a lot mm -hmm. in the 90s um and i never would have thought about you know thought of putting them you know in a mix like this. yeah um it, the, the the track the fatal impact um based on the sounds which it has seems to have a lot of um sort of melanesian chants in the background it's for those who don't know it's one of those 90s 4ad sort of depressive dirge music Thing, which mm -hmm. I loved, you know, it's yeah. like um, all uh, Kato twins and all that. Yeah, and I loved Dead Can Dance. And then they did this song, uh, which I believe they named after a book by Alan Moorhead, the historian, called The Fatal Impact, which was the um, is when, when the West discovered Polynesia and basically just you know messed it up big time. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a very you know dirgy um, song, but it has a sort of a some propulsion to it and some energy, and it also has yeah. primitive chants. And it's just yeah, you stick it in with. Um, you know, typical exotica. I think it works. Oh know? yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, as I was kind of listening through it, like, and I, I gave it multiple listens because I was like, "This is so interesting," you know. And and it is definitely, you know, we were we were talking about how sort of you imagine yourself kind of kind of going past a you know a doorway and you're kind of you know descending into a place and yeah. it just becomes this sort of fully engrossing and, and a, you know immersive sound. It, well, immersive is that, that you've just hit the key word. I mean that is an immersive song. It immerses you in its world. You yeah. Know, it just like draws you in. You know, That's so. right. Yeah. That's right.
You're listening to Cardwell's Cove. I'm your host, Adrian Cardwell. The show is a production of WXOX 97.1 FM in Louisville, Kentucky. And my guest today is Jeff Beachbum Berry, tiki historian and owner of Latitude 29 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Send us your song requests and love letters for the one who makes you feel like your heart is jumping out of your chest or the doctor who gave you the prescription so it won't. Visit artxfm.com sweetheart2023 then listen to WXOX 97.1 on Valentine's night, Tuesday, February 14th from 7 p.m. to midnight and hear your requests played live. Eu canto a sugestão, eu canto na madrugada Take it easy, my brother, Pois eu canto até a minha amada Esperada, desejada, adorada Take it easy, my brother, Charlie Take it easy, meu irmão de cor Take it easy, my brother, Charlie Thank you, my friend. 
It's an earworm. I mean, yeah, it really it's is. Like, uh, I can't stop listening to it. I've got it on basically repeat play at home. And, yeah. And it just, he's like, a, he's like a precursor to people like Manu Chao, yeah. who's a more laid back mm-hmm. kind of uh, exemplar of that. Manu Chao also works really well, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's appealing to a different crowd. I mean, they're, they're all smoking to relax themselves <laughs> yeah. and start drinking, but, right. uh, but it's the same kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know. Brazilian music. All that samba, all that stuff, it just works. Yeah. It just, it just works for the, uh, and yeah. it is tropical. No, that's yeah. right. It absolutely is. You know, yeah. and I, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of, I mean, he is massively popular in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, the father of samba rock, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he's referred to. Um, and, you know, and that he was actually the first one who released Mashkinada. I did not know that. So he released it in 1963. That was way back. Uh, Sergio Mendes released Which it in 1966. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's the one everybody knows, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was actually the first one to release it. Wow. And so I was like, that's really cool, you yeah. know? And then I, 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 I dug in a little bit deeper on, because it's like, you know, in this, uh, in the song, he says, my brother, um, um, uh, take it easy, my brother Charlie. And then he then immediately goes into uh, a refrain in Portuguese. And he's saying, take it easy, my brother, Charlie. Take it easy, my brother of color. And you get further uh-huh. in, and there's, a, there's a, a passage in it, and it's really poetic. Um, in one of the verses, he says, after the first man wonderfully stepped onto the moon, I felt I had rights, principles, and dignity to liberate myself. Oh, wow. So, so not only just a Sounds great a song, but there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah. Right. It's, it, that is a great like onion of there's a song. Some layers right? to feel, yeah. 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 So, um, so this was just a great exercise of, you know, kind of exploring, um, uh, the, each of these songs. Um, and, uh, and I think you're absolutely right. They, they fit right in, uh, and not only create, uh, the atmosphere, um, but in the case of this one, there's also a powerful message if you know Portuguese. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you're just like me, just going, yeah, this is you're like, hey, hey, this is, this is a bop. I like this, right? <laughs> Thinking of New Orleans and, you know, tiki music, is, is, there, is there anybody new and fresh that you're aware, aware of here locally? That Oh, yeah, you know, there's a um, guy named Charlie Halloran. Um, he plays around a lot, um, and he comes in here, too, with yeah. Mia, his wife. And he does a lot of neo calypso stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very, it's New Orleans music. He's a horn player, but he's inflected by the whole Trinidadian kind of calypso yeah. thing. And he's 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 done deep dives into the history of calypso and culture. And um, yeah, you know, uh, really talented guy.
a young group here uh, called Tank and the Bangas. Yes, wonderful. Wonderful group. Yeah. Um, and I played them recently too. And they have a they released a cover of Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. Mm. And if you you shut your eyes and you're like I you, I have one foot in New Orleans and the other foot is in the Caribbean. It it, it just yeah. really kind of blends that together. Like, well, the thing about New Orleans and um, music that translates into a tropical theme is that um, we're often called the northernmost city of the Caribbean. Yeah. You know, there's, um, and the music influences are definitely there. And mm -hmm. the music really, Africa influenced Caribbean music, and uh, Caribbean music influenced New Orleans music, as did African music as well. Yeah. Understand me now. Sometimes I feel a little mad, so mad. But don't you know that no one alive can always be an angel? When things go wrong, I feel real bad. I'm just a soul whose attentions are good. Oh Lord, please don't let me be. Misunderstood. Please don't let me be misunderstood. Baby, sometimes I'm so carefree with the joy that's hard to hide. Sometimes it seems that. has been Cardwell's Cove. I'm your host, Adrian Cardwell. The show is a production of WXOX in Louisville, Kentucky, 97.1 FM. Go to artxfm.com to check out all the other great programming available on WXOX. If you like this program, please go to Facebook and follow the program there. And I will, after this show, I will be posting uh, the recipe to the Ancient Mariner that the bum made for me in New Orleans. And I'll also be posting a list of the songs that he selected for us today. So my special thanks 
to Jeff Beach Bomberry for the generosity of his time and sitting down for this interview today. And an extra special thanks to Mrs. Bum, his wife, Anine Kay, for being the heart of music of Beach Bumberry's Latitude 29 in New Orleans. Well, as is always the case, whenever I go to New Orleans and leave it, there's always it always feels like a little bit of my heart is left behind. So I think I'll leave you today with Billie Holiday and Do You Know What It Means to Miss New Orleans. New Orleans and miss it each night and day. I know I'm not wrong. The feeling's getting stronger the longer I stay away. Miss the moss-covered vines, the tall sugar pines, where mockingbirds used to sing. And I'd like to see the lazy Mississippi a hurrying to spring. The Mardi Gras memories of Creole tunes that fill the air. I dream of oleanders in June, and soon I'm wishing that I was there do you know what it means to miss new orleans when that's where you left your heart and there's something more 